Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I began a process of masculine initiation. I began to recover who God meant when he meant me as a man. There's things that are universal to every man, and there are things that are utterly unique to your story. Some of the some of the saddest men I walk with are men that have gone out to conquer the world. And some of them it's in the name of God, and some of them it's in the name of self, but the worst the worst cases are when men are successful. See, there's part of me that's 45, and I wrote the book and I'm leading a, you know, global mission, and that's true. There's also parts of me that are still 14. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. In this episode, we tackle the subject on how to pursue healthy masculinity with Morgan Snyder. Morgan Snyder is the VP of Discipleship at Wild at Heart. He's a teacher, strategist, founder of Becoming Good Soil, the podcast. You should go check that out. And the author of Becoming a King. And uh, this is such a great podcast episode. Um, Krista actually wasn't able to make it because she is sick. But um, what the enemy meant for evil turned out to be good. We had a great discussion of healthy masculinity, and I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. Morgan Snyder, it's so good to have you on the podcast today. Adam, thanks so much. Yeah, I've been really excited for this. And um, I was just cracking up, praying before this, thinking Sherry and I are just coming off of 25 hours of intensive marriage counseling that we were the recipients of this past wow. week. And uh, and so it's, it's all fresh. It's all uh, real time. Um, what you see is what you get. And I'm in the thick of it, just like our listeners. So it's actually really joyful to, um, in real time with live ammo, jump in and talk about the things of the masculine soul and how they relate to young married couples. I love that. Thank you for being uh, authentic there with letting us know that, you know, somebody of your caliber can go get marriage counseling. Oh, buddy, I, I, I don't know about <laughs> caliber. Let me, let me say it this way. We only offer out of what we've lived. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of young guys out there, a lot of young women, like in a world of, of information and, and really mm-hmm. content binging, the temptation is to always offer, offer out of gifting. And mm-hmm we find ourselves really out of the power and the anointing of God. And real integrity comes from offering out of the substance of who we are and who we've become. Cherry and I hit 20 years and it's been beautiful. And it's been, it's had moments of brutality, 
moments mm. of um, hurting and even harming each other. But the major theme is, is, is God prevailing. The major theme is increasing joy, increasing intimacy. But I mean, full disclosure. So we hit 20 years and I'm thinking Mexico, sunburn. And she's like, <laughs> how about marriage counseling? And I could just no feel way. that thing of like, oh, really? Like, okay. <laughs> and in my beautiful wife, it's not just we're going to do a couple of sessions. It's $6,000 right. for a week intensive and go... I mean, that's how much we paid for the last minivan. Well, you know, actually 5,500 for the minivan. So uh -huh. you want me to pay more? And so it, it really, Adam just gets into, what do we believe? Like, where is life found? How do we make it last? And we want, mm. one of the things we pray for is God, we want the full portion of what's available for a man and a woman under heaven. We want the full portion. Mm. And we know there's That's more good. than we have. And after 20 years, we knew that, boy, God's done so much in our union. And also we're carrying baggage from yeah. um, unhealed wounds towards each other. And we want to go after more. So, so yeah, it's live and it was beautiful. And uh, it just renewed my passion for marriage as the, cent the central expression of God's family and God's restorative work, beginning with relationship and extending out to all of creation. I mean, that's where the action is. And if you have a healthy marriage, if you have a healthy sex life, everything else falls into place. So true. So true. You have God, you have your marriage in place, and then out of that flows parenting. And then your what you're doing um, as a writer, as a speaker, you know, that's so pivotal that work on those foundational aspects so you can launch even farther. Because how can you take other people somewhere where you've not been? I resonated with what you said there. That's so good. Well, tell us a little bit. Um, I've had the privilege of reading your book. And um, for the people listening, Becoming a King is a powerful challenge to men to really start pursuing everything that God has them or wants them to be. It's that gap, you know, that God's calling. And um, I would like to jump into this path to restoring a man's heart uh, just by first hearing your story. I heard some, somebody once said that everyone makes sense when you hear their story. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally believe that after working with people. And so I want to, I would like the listeners to hear your story about this path that you've been, you know, that you're really talking about, like you, you have lived this and worked through some really hard stuff to give us what you're giving us today. Yeah. So I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, boy, um, a story sure takes a lot more space than a podcast. Um, frankly, I wish we had a campfire. I could get a better <laughs> version of it. But just as I, as I tune into my heart as a man, Adam, I think mm -hmm. where I'd start is December 16th, 2000, uh, was our wedding day. And um, I'm just even emotional thinking about it. It's like, it was our first kiss mm. on the altar at First Pres Church. And we made love that night and it was beautiful. And it was our first time being um, wow. sexually intimate in any way. And the reason why I share that is that wasn't our story. Our story with our sexuality, our story with relationships was a bloody mess. Mm -hmm. And it was a question, particularly as a man, of a man looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for validation and having mm -hmm. a broken, wounded, uninitiated heart that was looking for the answer to his question. So every man has a question and it's usually subconscious. It's not on the forefront of our thinking, but it drives every moment of every day. And, and so my story was one um, in the cliff notes of it, of, of an intense, um, overachieving young man, like looking to make his mark in the world. And right. women and leadership were kind of my um, places of medication, places of validation. And so it wasn't until the night I left for university that I really came to a final crisis where 
I, I knew I'd won the world and lost my soul. And so I went to college looking for God. And what I found, Adam, is God was the one hunting for me. I, I was the one that was sought after. As, as Tozier said, he's the hound dog of heaven. And I was getting chased. And he tackled me. And I gave my life over to God. And so what happened, even like my sexuality, and the reason why I feel like this, the Spirit prompted me to give that wedding moment my sexuality was a real place of, of um, meshment because I knew I was made to love a woman and to offer strength and enjoy her beauty and partner with a woman in something heroic. But I couldn't detach myself from my need of her and my need for her to answer my question. And so when I came to Christ, there was this time of, of cleansing my soul, of coming home to God as my source of love and validation and strength and well-being. And so I literally went to Europe and ejected from my life and went um, for a semester, just lived out of a backpack, going to school over there and had to find my true self. And I know you've done a lot of backpacking, so I'm sure there's a lot we could talk about that. Amen. But just walking the fells of Europe uh, on a little budget and, and just um, finding out who am I really when all the titles are stripped away, when all the places of medication and addiction are, are, are stripped. And in through that process, um, the short version is simply, I began a process of masculine initiation. I began to recover who God meant when he meant me as a man and then individually. And that's so important because we bear the image of God on the level of our soul in our gender. And so you will be a man or a woman forever, for all of eternity. Your soul has that imprint of God's nature. And so it's really important to understand what it means to be a man, to be a woman. And, and so that was the beginning of restoration. And so I, a uh, long story short is I, I, Sherry was a friend and I pursued her and we fell in love, but I had a chance to get my integrity back. So that's why it's just so moving because it wasn't like it was it, the idea was I want life. I'm a, I'm a hedonist. Right. I want life right. to its fullness. And I realized I had sexual intimacy. I had romance in every form you can have without God. And so I knew it wasn't life. In the end, it led to death. And so I, I, I said, I don't know exactly what this looks like. I'm young. I'm uninitiated. But we have a father that's shepherding my soul through this. And so I'm going to offer integrity and I'm going to only offer to you in love what I'm showing up for with a commitment. And so it, it was like that kiss was a really a, a demonstration of I'm not going to take from you intimacy unless I'm here to stay. And so that was 20 years later. And here we are, two kids into it, and babies turn into teenagers and a global mission. But all of it flowed out of this path and process of how do we become the kind of person as a man and as a woman who God is glad to entrust the care of his kingdom? That um, gets me excited. That gets me up in the morning. That's so good. You certainly have to, I think, go on a journey to become the person that God can trust his kingdom with, because you've probably seen power gone wrong too. Right. I mean, you, me, any of our listeners, just get on Google and search the new, <laughs> right? It's a fascinating thing. Literally, we could do it now. Um, you get on Google, look at the news, look at the top 10 stories, and ask yourself, backing up from the details, how many of the stories have a narrative of good of, of men entrusted with power bringing harm to others it's it's fascinating because yeah. even you just alluded to adams two of the most fundamental questions of masculine initiation is who have i become and who am i becoming mm. these are so important because life has a story form to it and all of it is intended to be a process of apprenticeship that one day culminates in men and women ruling and reigning in partnership right. with God. Like that's literally our first vocation. 
It's why Lewis said that all of life is is a is is um, an earthly apprenticeship, and cons in the heaven is the consummation. It's literally the the consummation of that apprenticeship, and so. Mm-hmm. It's important to know the most important thing about any person when we interact with them, wherever they are, whatever they've done or not done, said or not said, is they bear the image of God. That is absolutely central. That's what's core. Below sin, below challenge, below brokenness, they bear the image of God. But I believe God is interested in coming close to us to shepherd our souls through healing, restoration, deliverance, maturity. And Mm -hmm. in life is a path and a process of recovering and it's nothing new, but every generation must re-recover it. That's what Chesterton said. He said, every generation is losing the gospel and every generation is charged with its recovery. And that's what keeps the gospel pure. And so that's the question is how do we recover it in our age? How do we walk with God? How do we become mature and wholehearted and how do we whether moving towards a marriage or in a young marriage, or even like us two decades in trying to grow even more, what kind of work do we do? Do we engage in to become the wholehearted people that can really engage marriage in love coming to offer rather than just coming to receive? So good. It sounds like it's really the, the two, the the two fundamental questions that you were taught you that you gave us, and totally resonate with me that who am who have i become how many people do you think or what's the process like to discovering that because i find that some people either don't want to look very closely because they're afraid of what they'll find or they'll see their dad in themselves yes or um or they they maybe delude themselves and think there's something greater than they are like what happens in that process of really going coming face to face how do we do that we'll be right back to the interview but first we want to share something that we are really excited about so you know we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place and then on top of that we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations and that's why we created the monthly live date night and monthly live date night is every month on a friday night for 90 minutes 60 minutes we focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick and then 30 minutes we do a Q&A and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in. But we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. You know, I, I drove an old uh, Ford Explorer and um, it always had a check engine light on. Like there was simply no way to get that light off. I even learned how to reset it, you know, and try to j- just life hack yeah, the system, the fuse right? Out and then put it back Pop in. right yeah. back on. It's always something. And what I wasn't realizing at the time was Jesus was using it to say, so does your soul, son. You've got some check engine lights in, but you're not interested in looking under the hood. I was with an old cowboy one day, and he just simply said really slowly, cowboys talk a lot slower than me, but he said, you know, you fix little problems or else they turn into big problems. And he was was working on a shoe for a horse, and it was seemingly just a minor little detail that needed to be worked um, when he when he was uh, he was a farrier and he was working on this one nail and I was like that's not a big problem well it's not a big problem yet and so I think what's really important Adam is that God is always bringing an invitation it's an invitation to get curious and often it comes through the questions questions were meant to shape our apprenticeship and that's why Jesus so often asks questions it's unbelievable. Yeah how often he asks the question and then he just takes off like he bails he doesn't clean That's up so the mess true. right his questions are like the string pulling that unravels you know the entire weaving and so i guess one of the ways i'd get to it is 
what are the check engine lights that are on? Yes. That right now, they don't seem like a big deal. And what are the questions mm -hmm. that rise up in your soul when you're willing to create some quiet space? Even on this podcast, my encouragement to everyone on a podcast is when it's over, don't go to the next thing. Wherever else, whether it's physically you're pulling into your driveway or the next podcast, pause. In this world, 60 seconds is a lifetime. To give your soul 60 seconds and just notice what's surfacing, what's rising up. And so I believe it, we have to start with the questions and even a, simp a couple simple questions for a man is what's not working? Where do I feel behind? Just those two questions, unedited, don't script the answer, don't even oversolve it. Just start with what's not working? Where do I feel behind? And it's often the questions that are the on ramp to this beautiful intimacy that God wants to father us through that will lead us to the treasures he has that ultimately take us into the healing, take us into the maturation, take us into the frontier of where we're meant to live with God. So good. Would you say that that first pause and genuine question asking of yourself would be the start of this process? To, to restoring the heart of a man? And one thing I've believed over and, and observed and experienced over what now, 30, 30 years of walking with God, I think, more than that about, is mm -hmm. he's, he's deeply personal. It, the journey is unique and universal. There's things that are universal to every man and there are things that are utterly unique to your story. And so what I would say is, um, it depends. He meets us right where we are. And so that on-ramp for every person will be unique. Mm. But universally, he'll meet us in our pain. He'll meet us in our not yet. He'll meet us in what's not working right. on any moment of any day. So it may manifest at, with an injury or with a broken relationship or with a, a financial strain, it may manifest with success. Some of, the, some of the saddest men I walk with are men that have gone out to conquer the world. And some of them it's in the name of God, and some of them it's in the name of self, but the worst, the worst cases are when men are successful. So often yes. they get to the, what was supposed to be the top, and it's not that great. Right. And so I believe that for every one of us, every moment of every day, God is creating a new access point back to the narrow road. And so for me, you know, it's, it's, it's always frontier. So those are the questions. And so like I dropped my daughter off at school um, this morning and we thankfully have a school system that doesn't have buses. And so we get the joy of carpool and, um, <laughs> There's what I wanted it to be with a 14-year-old daughter and what I dreamed of it being like when I had little kids. And then it, it's real, right? It's like faux real. And what I realize is there's a pool to make my daughter responsible for my happiness. If she wants to pray, we have this great prayer that we developed over the years of just praying with little ones in the car. It's called the daybreak prayer. And it's just a way of uniting our heart with God's heart, aligning with some truths in a playful way. Yes. And they did it when they were seven. And I thought we'd be doing it forever. Well, now they're 14, right? And she would rather tell <laughs> marginal jokes and listen to country music <laughs> or give me the silent treatment or go off on some drama, right? And I'm like, where did those days go where they just did whatever dad wanted? So here's, the, here's what's right. key, is this okay. morning, I have to check my own heart and go, why is it so important to me that she enjoys praying with me? And I realized, oh, that's actually about me. 
I've planted those seeds in her for 14 years. And, and when her soul needs them, they will be available. But she doesn't need them today. She doesn't need that peace on the surface, right? So carpool didn't go as I dreamed it to be. But when she gets out of the car, I have to ask myself, okay, I made, I made a commitment to her when she turned 10. And, and I gave her this ring. And, and the words were, Abigail, I delight in you. And there's nothing you can do or not do or say or not say that gives me permission to withdraw my delight. <laughs> you have my delight no matter what. And that was easy when she was 10 and all she wanted was me. Well, now she's 14 and like I, I'm, I, I've become very stupid and I don't have much <laughs> to say and I'm irrelevant and my fashion is atrocious, but I choose not to withdraw my delight. And so that's just an example of like my on-ramp right now is parenting a teenage daughter because um, there's no formula and it's really exposing unfinished places in me places I've lacked nourishment and belonging that I haven't fully found in God. And so there is a reacting of, of wanting to need something from my daughter rather than coming with a whole heart to bring her strength and blessing her to be right on time, which she totally is. She, she's not the one with issues. It's her dad. It's so good. It's using life to illuminate that process still in your in your heart and it's you could still use those same two questions what's not working what absolutely is your check where's the check engine light today exactly. even though it's a newer car exactly right so like right what's not working okay it's like i have an agenda mm. i want to pray but it's not really about the prayer it's about my agenda of if we do a and b then c and, yeah. and that's not working. It will push my daughter away. And then why mm -hmm. is it that the moment I drop her off, there's this like knee jerk reaction to check my phone. And like, mm -hmm. I realize it's almost like dopamine candy. Well, at least getting yeah. busy will make me feel better. And that's why I put my phone in the back seat because I go, okay, what's not working is me using the distraction of the busyness of phone to feed my need to feel good. And these are subtle, right? These are the nuances yeah, of initiation. Yeah. And so when I drive that precious 12 minutes from her school to work, the phone's in the back seat, it's a chance to breathe and say, okay, I'm Jesus, I confess I feel behind with my parenting. And actually it's not my parenting, it's, it's something as a man. I thought I would feel more validated as a dad with a 14 year old daughter, like I was doing it great. Because that's all I ever dreamed of was being a father and being a husband. And here I am and I don't know what her report card would say on me right now. And that's where in the quietness of those moments, recover my breath, say, this is my on-ramp. And the father reminds me, son, you are on time. I, I got her. And I actually want to celebrate how much fun she had on the drive because that's what she needs is connection. Mm. She doesn't need mm. life lessons right now. She needs connection. She that needs to know true. that she's safe and that she's loved and her dad has her back no matter what. And if she loves country mm. music, he's going to love country music too. And so by the time I got to work, you know, my inbox was more full, but so was my heart. And that's yeah. the shift of what, what yeah. is God using in your current everyday ordinary life as the on-ramp to the real deep waters of masculine initiation. Wow. And I love the message that you're sending your daughter by putting it, your phone in the back seat. Because oh, it's so huge. easy for us to turn something on. Absolutely. Even if she wants to throw out bad jokes and listen to music that you don't particularly like or whatever, but what you're, the message you're sending is 
I'm here for you right now. Exactly. And, and you're the most important. And there can be a lot of great, I mean, if, it, if parents are listening to this, they're great parents, right? They want, are you kidding mm -hmm. that you would even move towards something called right. married couples? Like that in of itself is so brave. Like mm -hmm. so brave, unless you haven't been married or your first year, like <laughs> that's a throw out, right? Like, um, but, it, but, but truly our bodies communicate so much more than our words. And so even just my bodily posture, my phone being put away, it's never visible when, unless my kids and I are using it together for something like directions, because I want to communicate, you're my priority. This is yeah. where I am. And yeah. this is the most important thing. You have my attention, you know, and that's the thing. It's like St. Francis said to wear the world loosely, like a loose fitting garment where it touches you in a few places and therein very lightly. And I realized, you know, this, this device that I'd like to use some very strong expletives towards, like it's too much of the world with us. So right. True. And one day I was praying about it and this was last May. And I said, Jesus, like, let's talk about the phone. Like, how do I wear it? Hmm. How do I wear how do it? I wear it loosely? Right? Yeah. And he said, yeah. well, you wear it like a wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> and like, okay, it's a moment, Adam. Like I didn't walk with God in high school. So I can, let me just tell you Metallica concerts, tailgating for, for Pittsburgh Steelers. Like yeah. I've been some places. Yeah. I have some visuals yeah. on wet t-shirt contests and mm -hmm. they're not good. And he's mm -hmm. like, that's how you wear your phone. It is just stuck mm -hmm. to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's too much of the world that's with me. And and that's when my kids and I'm just giving an example of a deeper so reality. Like my kids, you know, I, I do have access to their souls. Like that's what one thing that like Sherry and I've worked deeply hard to is how do we maintain access to their true self? Mm -hmm. We don't want them to disconnect from us and present what they should or ought to, but their real heart goes underground. Because that's what most people do. You know, we all divide and we have a false and a true self. And so the kids were explaining to me that, you know, when parents kick them off electronics and take away their social media, they all have a burner phone. And I was like, what's a burner phone? And they said, oh, that's their backup phone. Like, no one <laughs> off the internet. And they said, wow. you know, most people have one, if not two ways of staying on and tricking their parents. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was just shepherding my heart saying, you can have a burner phone too. And so I tune in, I'm like, well, tell me more. And, and, I, and I felt like God was just shepherding me through this process of, if I could have a burner phone, that the only people that have access to me are my wife and my kids, then I can take my other device and power it off all the time. Because that's okay. the dilemma, right? So much of our life, mm -hmm is on that device. If I need to know my daughter's volleyball schedule, if I need to adjust the sprinklers, for heaven's sakes, I have to ask my phone permission, right? But yeah. the beauty of it is initiation is always unique. God always meets us right where we are. And so I have this life hack of now I have a burner phone. And so many parts of many days, I can turn off the world and the people that need to get me, get me on this. And this rings really loud. And it rarely rings, but the kids know I can always get to my dad. So, and so it's just an example of there's always a path. There's always an on-ramp. And you're right. The questions, there are fundamental questions. Those are two of them. There's others of masculine initiation for the, the 8-year-old, the 18-year-old, the 38-year-old, the 58-year-old. They remain the same. And it's what keeps us connected with God. Hmm. I love that. I, I'm going to go get a burner phone. Oh, buddy, it's so good. It's so good. Wear the <laughs> world so loosely. Cool. That's so good. I, I'm i going to take that one to heart. On on this journey, so I love the on-ramp analogy. It's so good. Like I feel like so many people probably think, have I blown it? Like, is it too late? You know, it, it, I've had guys tell me that at like 28. I'm like, bro, you're 28. You know, you, you have your whole life in yes. front of you. This, but as far as you've talked about initiation, what is that? I know you've been describing it in large detail, but like what is initiation for that masculine heart? 
Hey, husbands out there listening, we will be right back to the episode with Adam and Morgan, but I wanted to give you a quick Christmas gift idea for your wife. Kindred Bravely is one of my favorite brands, and they have some awesome gift ideas that you could get for your wife this Christmas season. My favorite is actually their black bamboo skirt, and it's a modest skirt that anyone can wear. But if your wife is pregnant or postpartum, they have especially ideal gifts. Super soft bamboo fabrics are my favorite from them. They have pajamas, they have underclothes, they have nursing friendly clothing. So go check them out. The link is in the show notes. It's kindredbravely.com. And you can also use a code to get 20% off. So that's even better. The code is DYMC20. And that's also in the show notes. So you can check that out. So kindredbravely.com, code DYMC20 for 20% off. All right, back to the show. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if you if we talk about the end game, the mm-hmm. the intention of the human soul is to become mature mm-hmm. and wholehearted. That is to say undivided and to become everything that God meant when he meant the fullness of humanity. And so let me give an example. Jesus is 12. He is hanging out in the temple. And his parents think he's with, you know, friends and family that are cruising back from Nazareth and um, three days go by and they haven't seen him. And he's like gone. And they do what every parent does. They freak out. Where's (laughs) Jesus? Right. And as the story goes, well, he's in the temple, amazing people with his wisdom. But here's the part that we miss. Well, if he's so wise, why didn't he? give consideration to his parents that they were going to be worried. He's without sin. So we know he doesn't mm-hmm. do anything wrong, but he had his parents freaked out of their mind and they could, he could have said, Oh, I'm a wise teacher at 12. So I'm going to be in the temple. And here's the point, Adam, he was immature. Mm-hmm. Jesus wasn't sinful, but he was 12 and 12 mm-hmm. year olds don't think about other people very often. Right especially their parents. Okay. So here's what's so hopeful in that is the soul was meant to be formed over time, but parts of our soul break off. I think it's the best way to say it is they, they, it's arrested development. And so there are different parts of us that are different ages within the soul. And the scriptures talk about this so much. Isaiah 61, I've come to heal the brokenhearted, the shattered heart, right? To give you an undivided heart. The the work of Jesus is is salvation, yes, but there's restoration, which is equally, let me say that again, equally important. And so the question of masculine and feminine initiation is what do I need to do to respond to God's leadership, God's shepherding, to follow this ascending path whereby I become whole. That is to say all the different broken parts of me are healed, are tended to, are knitted into the older me, are coming into a relationship with God. And how do I participate in a process of becoming mature? And so, that's where it gets very gender specific because there are things that a man needs that are different than a woman. And so we have to tune into God's heart. It always begins with God. It's always a process. And much of what was intended to come to the boy into young manhood, into teenage years, gets lost, gets stolen, gets missed. And it's never too late. Right. It's, it, and so masculine initiation has so much more to do with um, a stage than it does an age. And so the question mm-hmm. is, what's on time for you? And so mm-hmm. that's the overview of it. But then you have to look into the real specifics. So right now, you know, my son is 17 and my daughter's 14. We were homecoming chaperones. And this is the first time we have a daughter, a high school girl at a homecoming dance. 
and this knucklehead shows up to our house with a pizza <laughs> with with pepperonis that say hoko on it because now like it's like getting engaged you have to do a whole thing and film it like the world's gone mad one of my mentors uh -huh. said as soon as your daughter turns 13 every man in the world's a gorilla and <laughs> that's true I go, here comes this gorilla. Now he weighs like 112 pounds, but nonetheless, he's a gorilla. And so here's what's happening. All these knuckleheads are around my daughter, these young, uninitiated guys that are just, they don't even uh -huh. know what they don't know, right? And God bless them. Like I'm in their lives, they're on the football team and and uh, I love them. You're like, you need to read my book. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then I'm watching my son who is more wholehearted than me. He's a mini me, but so much less wounding, so much less trauma. He's participated with God. He's on time. And so my heart as a man is feeling these things because I want to protect my daughter, but I'm seeing in the boys around her who I was. Okay, but here's what's important, Adam. This is so important for men to understand. I'm also seeing in those boys who I still am. See, there's part of me that's 45 and I wrote the book and I'm leading a you know global mission and that's true. And there's also parts of me that are still 14. 100% right? agree. And so yes. I have to honor the parts. And so what I had, so, so um, and I'll just give a real practical example. So uh, part of my work of initiation was to seek forgiveness and pursue reconciliation with every woman I ever hurt and, uh -huh. and old girlfriends. And, yeah. and I did that with like 20 some girls and there were three that I couldn't find and I've never found mm -hmm. them, but I came out of homecoming and Jesus brought to my heart, the gal I went to homecoming with freshman year and I'd never been able to find her, but I tracked her down and found her on LinkedIn. And, and I said, Hey, may I have your email address? And, and I took the time to write an email saying I was at homecoming and what surfaced was the 14 year old boy in me. And I realized I didn't offer to you what you deserved um, and what you were worth because I was incapable of offering it. I was uninitiated. I was, I didn't know who I was and I came as a consumer. And um, I've done a lot of work and I'm not that man now, but I need to ask for your forgiveness and just let you know that wasn't about you. That was about me. And, and I bless you and I'm sorry. And if there's any words you'd want to share with me, I, I would be honored to listen to you. But regardless of, you don't need to respond, but I just want you to know um, you deserved better. And, and something in my heart actually healed in that process. And so all this is going on while I'm a chaperone and I'm, the 45 year old me is like sneaking some money to, to uh, pay for, you know, his tickets because I just want to bless the kid. You know, he doesn't have money and I don't have to, yeah. like I'm being a father, but then the 14 year old in me is needing to receive ministry from Jesus. And it's all happening while I'm there with my wife mm. and that's like the real intimacy that's available in a walk with God. And so mm. back to your comment where we all feel like it's too late, you know, like it's mm. been said of financial investing, like the best day to invest was yesterday, is now. Yeah. but the second best is today. And that's why I think Paul says so often, if you hear God's voice today, harden not your heart. Like in today is always the opportunity to listen in, to open your heart and see what he has for you. And he loves, he, he, he's a God of infinite, um, infinite capacity to heal what's been broken and recover what's been stolen. And it gives me great hope. Amen. So good. Thank you so much. This has been like just a, I know this is going to really hit the hearts of a lot of men listening and give women or wives of these men a lot of hope of what you know they probably see in their husbands and their what they're encouraging in their husbands. Yes. So I'm so thankful for all of this wisdom and your vulnerability. Um, tell everybody where they can find you or 
the and you're an author, so maybe talk about some of your books too. Yeah, so we're just scratching the surface. And for guys out there, I just want to invite them. Like it's a, it's a world of treasures. And for me, it began, you know, with my pain and with my questions. And I sought uh, the voices, the counsel of older, wiser guides. And I hit about 75 men. And that's when God really started showing me this treasure map and started forming this and taking the lower seat and choosing to excavate instead of build. And the fruit of all of that over 20 years was the mission of Become Good Soil. And so they can find all that at becomegoodsoil.com. There's a blog, there's a podcast. And then the, the book, Becoming a King, was the fruit of Become Good Soil. And it has a study guide where I took the time as though I was sitting with a man over time to excavate his story, to go idea by idea, and to do the work of really becoming curious together. And so there's a study guide and a video. All of that is meant to help create the on-ramp for a man that's listening to this and says, yes, like things are rising up in me and I want more. And there is more. And uh, yeah, they can find that at becomingaking.com and becomegoodsoil.com. So good. Do it. Seriously. Like everyone will thank you and you will thank you later. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, the way we close every single podcast out is we ask our uh, guests to rewind back to the first few years of your marriage and give yourself or give the advice you wish you would have received and maybe fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Mm. I was just chatting with a gal two nights ago that was five days away from being married. And so this is fresh. Uh, May I share two? Do we have time for it? Okay. Yeah. So these are the two that I would say I wish I would have fully had. And I I had them in part um, because of God's care, but not in full. So Deuteronomy 24, 5 is this fascinating verse where it says, if you've been recently married, it's speaking to men, don't go to war and don't take on um, responsibilities that are big. Stay home for a year and bring happiness to your wife. Mm. Adam, that's so disruptive. Like, and, but the it spirit is. of it is, you know, it, it was to the Israelite community, a really organic agricultural community that was mm-hmm. preparing to live in Canaan. And what's fascinating is they didn't have a standing army. And so in the mm-hmm. literal physicality of it, everyone's a warrior when it's time to go to war. And whether you're so a farmer, true. you're a warrior, right? You're a blacksmith, you're a warrior. You're a teacher, you're a warrior. And I think there's something really true to the masculine soul in that. It's every one of us has a warrior and we're meant to battle for Mm -hmm. things that are true and good and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it may not be a physical army. Mm -hmm. It may be in military service, but we fight for things that are, we fight for justice. We fight for truth. Mm -hmm. We fight for education. We fight for the the oppressed. We fight fight for the poor and the widow and the orphan. Mm -hmm. We fight for many things. And good men tend to throw themselves into missions. And here's what's unfortunate is in a culture of uninitiated kings, when older men see younger men that have gifting, they sign them up for service and they're quickly Mm -hmm. building another man's kingdom. Or when a young man's really gifted, he sets out to build his own kingdom build his own ministry, build his own company. And because that's the Imago day, we are meant to be builders, Yes, but we have to get first things first. And there's something in that council where God's preparing a community to thrive Mm. um, and to partner with God to rule and reign. He says, you have to have the foundation of the, of, of relationship that communities are designed to, to yeah. flourish in. And so don't go to war. And so my counsel is in that spirit is what are ways to say no to the many needs and the many demands as Jesus says, the poor will always be with you. And what does it look like to radically love by simply being playful with your wife, mm-hmm. being slow, getting to know each other, enjoying each other, 
being inefficient, being a little irresponsible. <laughs> so right? Good. Like those words yeah. are important words. And so that's a piece. Wrestle with that. Ask God what he means by that and go for it. Secondly, so a mentor said to me a couple years when our stuff was going sideways, he said, oh, five years is young love. I was like, what are you talking about? We've been married two and a half years. Like, we got to get our act together. We're blowing this up, right? We've screwed up everything. <clears throat> it's all that. And he said, he said, son, he said, it takes five Thanksgivings to figure out those in-laws. <laughs> okay. You need five Valentine's Days to see what it means to her because it doesn't mean to her what it means to you. And Adam, I wish someone would have said, Morgan, don't go after everything. Mark five years as young love and first so observe. Notice that thing she does every time she picks up the phone to call her mom. Just notice it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Notice that massive stress that spikes the second week of April. And I don't know why. Just notice it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And notice what comes up in your heart every January 4th, right? Or every time something breaks in your house. Like, okay, just collect the data and give yourself permission to not be in a hurry. Five yeah. years is young love. Permission to receive it. So good. Please, people, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Thank you so much, Morgan, for taking the time to pour into our audience. All the work that you've done on yourself ha is uh, bearing fruit, mm -hmm. and uh, we're the recipients of that. And I'm, we're just so thankful for that. Yeah, likewise. Really, I'm so proud of what you guys are doing and love to invest in it. So I hope we get some more time together. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance, with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dear young married couple and we'd love for you to join us in conversation there all right see you next week many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 